Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Let the speculation begin, not conference championship weekend and Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. That's the speculation, oh. Michael Lombardi. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who did a great job overseeing that offense there in Denver, has been hired by your boy Salah with the Jets. Oh, How about a that? Surly this morning, and I, and I get blamed for being sir. I get blamed for being surly. Oh, I see it where you're going today. Happy week, Patrick. Good to be yeah, with you, you again. Uh, yeah, interesting. Another off season of will Aaron Rodgers follow Nathaniel Hackett? I, I didn't realize they were that close. I mean, you know, who knew? I thought he was closer to the Tom Clements, the coach that came in to replace him. Isn't that his buddy? That's right. I don't know. This is, is, there's always, the reports are just however we want to manufacture the reports, I guess. But for me, look, you know, the, the, the line coach that they hired from Tennessee to go along with Nathaniel. Uh, is going to be the run game coordinator. So you know the Jets are going to be an outside zone team because that's really all they ran in Tennessee. Uh, And they're going to try to get the quarterback to come in and run the West Coast offense. That's what Nathaniel runs from, you know, and it didn't really, with a lot of good players there in Denver without the quarterback. So now he comes to the Jets without a quarterback. How's that going to work out? We shall see. But in fairness, look, some guys are meant to be better. Some guys are better coordinators than they are head coach. You know, we'll see what happens. But here's the reality. He really wasn't the coordinator in Green Bay. That was LaFleur around the offense. Right. Right. Hackett, of course, Michael, coming off an abbreviated, mostly disastrous Broncos head coach run. <laughs> he was fired. 4-11. and 11. How about this? Not they were 32nd in scoring. No, it was disastrous. I should, I should amend it was. that. 32nd in scoring, 21st in total yards under Hackett there. So uh, if you're just joining us, the OC with the Jets after a two-week search is now Nathaniel Hackett. And the reason I bring it up as you know anticipation for what's going to happen with Rodgers is Woody Johnson came out and said he'd be willing to add a vet. Here's the thing with Rodgers. If you're adding him, don't you owe him $60 million this year? Yeah, I mean, like, sort of the contract. He said he's willing to redo the contract. But, I mean, like, what are you going to do, you know, with with the con- – like, are they willing to trade him? That's going to take a huge cap hit. Like, right. that's a huge cap hit. So – uh, and so I think to me, you got to be careful about that. You got to be able to say, okay, how's this all going to work? I think everybody goes one plus one equals two, but nobody knows the rules. And so what's Rogers going to do? He controls everything. 
And I think he like kind of likes this, where people are going to predict where he wants to go. <laughs> I think he likes the attention. I think you're right. Also, he does have a no-trade clause. He is 39 years old. Yeah. There's a lot to the Rodgers saga. Okay, so but I mean, he doesn't seem it, like he doesn't seem like a uh, he doesn't seem like a, a a New York City kind of guy, does he? Do you? I don't. He seems like an alien. To be honest with you, I, I never know which way he's coming. I never know he's over here taking ayahuasca. He's over here hanging out in his buddy's truck. I never know which way he's coming or going. I just know that he likes to make it about himself. That's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. He, 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 you know what? He likes the pomp and circumstance that surrounds it all. And it's, that's his right. I mean, he's one of the great quarterbacks of all time. So he has a right to make it about him. And he certainly is. Do you quickly on him? Are you concerned? You heard what our very own Sean King said about Tom Brady. I want to ask you about that as far as declining play at 45. That wouldn't be a surprise. But Aaron Rodgers coming off of two straight MVPs, were you concerned by the performance this past year? Would you be if you're a team looking to sign or trade for him? Well, I think you have to be concerned about what now you have to run with Aaron. You know, like without Devontae Adams, really what offense are we going to be? And are we going to surround him with the right skill? And how are we going to handle everything? I think that's a fair question. I think, But that's a fair question for any quarterback. I think that's one of the things. It's easy to say Brady's lost his skills. But when you watch Brady play, his arm's still strong. His accuracy's still good. His courage is outstanding. Were they good around him? Probably not. Did the offensive line have to get rid of the ball so quick? How could, how could you determine it? A lot of people are going to, Sean, you know, uh, a lot of people, Solomon Wilcox, a lot of guys are going to say they think he's declining. It's easy. I mean, it makes sense. He's 45. He should be declining. I didn't really see it that bad. Do I think he needs a supporting cast? I've always said that. I think he's the greatest player of all time, but all quarterbacks need the right cast around them. Right. Right. So the Jets and now Hackett, again, I, you know, what you just said about Rodgers is so interesting because the guy they brought in to replace Hackett was then painted as Rodgers' best friend. Rodgers is so c- calculated, maybe he got Hackett the job there with the Broncos to get him out of the way. Who knows? You never know what's happening uh, with Aaron Rodgers, but we shall see. Are, do you think it's, well, I think you just said it. it, the idea that somebody could be a bad head coach but a good coordinator. So you're not necessarily knocking Hackett for the lack of production there with the Denver Broncos on offense. Well, I mean, I think he was he was overwhelmed, right? He sure. was overwhelmed. And so I think to me, you know, now he goes back. But, look, let's go back to when he was in Jacksonville. He had the really good year with Blake Bortles, which – and then the next year, halfway through the season, his best friend is Doug Marone, and Doug Marone fired him. So there's been inconsistencies when he's actually – I don't know what to say about the Green Bay experience other than he worked for with Rodgers, and that offense ran very effectively. But LaFleur ran the offense. He called all the plays. So, you know, you have to really go back and study the Jacksonville era with Blake Bortles to really get a good idea. Prior to Denver and Green Bay, Hackett was the OC for the Jags, as you mentioned, 17 to 18, and the Bills 13 to 14. So these have been kind of quick stops along the way. It's not like he's settled in and lasted no. somewhere a long time. This isn't he, a tremendous he, he runs track record. A very, he runs a very basic West Coast offense, spacing, sticks. You know, he, it's what he runs. It's what he's learned from his father. It's what, he's, it's what has been his whole career. And so that's what, it's what the predictions are. It's not it's not advanced to another level, but you know when you have good players, it still works. I mean, Bill started this offense in, in, a, in a room in Cincinnati in 1968. It's kind of the same thing. It's been some deviations adjusted along the way, but that's what he runs. And so when you got good players, and the Jets have some good players, the line coach has got the biggest challenge is how he's going to get this team to run an outside run, get everything coordinated, and work from there. They've got good players. If they get this line back, if Becton comes back, if you know Tucker comes back, if all these players that got hurt this year come back in the line, should they be better? Yeah. Can they stay healthy? Maybe. How good will they be? Who knows? I mean, they got the the quarterback becomes the issue. Okay, Hackett in as the OC with the Jets. In about eight minutes, we'll get more into the head coaching vacancies here on the Lombardi line. Uh, Let's get you caught up on where we stand in real time with the conference championship games coming up on Sunday. It's funny how suggestive the market is, the betting market, because yesterday you had a couple of good signs from Patrick Mahomes on that ankle, and we've seen that number now flip, right? We've got mostly shop showing one with Kansas City laying it. 
You know, I, 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 we predicted this, right? It was go- Everything was going to be predicated on how he feels, right? So the line went the other way. And the whole co- my whole column on Tuesday was ignore it. Like, just right. ignore it. Like, he's going to play, and he's going to play good. I'll say this to you. I think what people failed to realize last year is, and I was talking about this on the GM Shuffle, which will go up a little bit later today, but if you go back and watch the championship game, to start the fourth quarter, Patrick, and I did this morning, to start the fourth quarter, the Chiefs are in a third and three. And he gets sacked on this third and three. He's scrambling around, running around, and he gets hit by B.J. Hill and Hendrickson. And I think he got – I think he didn't report it. I don't think anybody noticed it. But from that moment forward in that game, in that game, he wasn't the same player. Whether he got concussed, whether he, he spaced or what, he's 5 for 9 from that point forward for 38 yards. Interesting. Okay? Interesting. He's 5 – you know, and so – and he gets sacked three times from that point forward. He throws an interception from that point forward. He's got first and goal with the 5. Okay, with with under two minutes, he takes a sack on second down. He takes a sack on third down and fumbles the ball that Joe Tooney gets to him. So, like, it was unlike anything we've ever seen from Patrick Mahomes. And I think there's a reason for that. And why do I bring that up? Because I think you have to be careful when handicapping these three games is to understand the essence of these three games. What Cincinnati has been able to do in winning three games is they've been able to control the game with their offense. This game this year, it's 27-24. Kansas City's got the ball. They're driving, right? They get a third down, and and Mahomes starts to scramble, and 58 makes a hell of a play from behind and tackles him for a two-yard loss. A great play. They punt never get the ball back again. And what Cincinnati's been able to do is limit possessions, they have been able to eat the clock, basically reduce the game, and even though they played from behind in, in the championship game, they were able to win the fourth quarter. They have won the fourth quarter. Basically, they have outscored the Chiefs in the fourth quarter 48-19. to 19. Let me just back up for a second. And because I think what you said about Mahomes is very interesting. You went back and watched the tape. Now we're not talking high ankle sprain. You're saying you saw something else at the start of the fourth that could impact Mahomes. Is that what you're telling me? Not impact him in this game. What I'm talking about, why I bring that up is because if you're handicapping these three games, you've got to understand that fourth quarter was an aberration. He wasn't, I don't think he was healthy in that fourth quarter. Gotcha. I think they win that game. Yes, I think they win that game if he didn't if he didn't get what I thought was concussed on the third and three. That's my point. Got I'm it. saying if you're mixing that into your handicapping, you're looking at that game the wrong way. I, look, no one loves Lou Amaromo more than I do. I think he's great. He did a great job. But after that, he basically throws a five-yard pass, a five-yard pass. He throws another five-yard pass. He throws an 18-yard pass, but it was about four yards in the air. Kelsey runs down the seam. Right? He gets that one. There's been a lot of plays that have gone the Bengals' way. Conference championship weekend, Michael Lombardi. Both games two and a half or shorter. How about this? The four teams are lumped together as far as odds. You've got the Eagles plus 240 at DraftKings. The Bengals plus 250. The Chiefs plus 270. And the 49ers who have won 10, excuse me, 12 straight games at plus 330. Going to be a hell of a Sunday. We're back here at Lombardi Line. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSIN pros get the pro tools. By far the most popular betting splits, money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes straight from DraftKings, today's games, and future events as well. Make sure you check it out. VSIN.com slash subscribe to become a VSIN pro right now. It's cheap, it's $9.99 introductory offer. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Get those betting splits as we welcome you back. Here on the Lombardi line, of course, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Again, to all of the new radio affiliates joining us, we appreciate you and welcome you to the team. Okay, plenty to do. So we're going to have Will Hill coming up in just a little bit, Mike Samich, and of course, his customary Thursday role, Mike Palm with Palms Pressing 3. We just told you Nathaniel Hackett's been hired as the OC with the Jets. Let's get to some other moves or potential moves here. The Colts, we'll start here. Looks like Jeff Saturday, the Colts interim head coach for the last eight games of 2022. In the park. Got that second interview. It it does feel like it's it's it feels like it's a conversation with him and Ursay to the side saying, like, do you want to take this? You want to do it like Elliot, you got that slip on our man who's who who is shilling for him. Put it up there. Let's uh, let's show everybody that slip. Patrick, have you seen this? No. What is it? I don't. I don't mean to be the host here, but let me just reverse roles. I'd love to have you read this tweet that your man sent out and get your reaction to it. Oh, oh, your boy Orlovsky. He's on your list here. Tons of good candidates, but I know some facts. This is Dan Orlovsky, of course, ESPN, former UConn great and Detroit Lion, and I believe Indianapolis Colt. From when he took over as head coach, uh, rush yards per game, 30 to 12th. The rush yards per attempt, 30 to 10th. Okay, so he's shilling for Jeff Saturday. Right. Not saying it's a no-brainer, Lor- Orlovsky continues, but did some good stuff in a tough spot. Led three games at the half and then lost. So what he's actually putting together, part of that is putting together a resume against Jeff Saturday for getting the job. Yeah. Am, I, am I correct yeah, in exactly. reading that? He had five games after the first quarter he led. Like, Does anybody ever check? after the first quarter in your head coaching record? I don't know. I wrote a book about co- Hall of Fame coaches. I, I didn't check the first quarter. Maybe that's where I messed up. I don't know. I love how he, how he couches this as some facts. They're not facts. They're just there's your story that you're trying to shape. I mean, it's a joke. But I will say this. I truly believe, and I don't have knowledge of this, but I just, from experience in this profession and the owners, what they want, they get. I think it's Saturday's job. I think if anybody takes this job or gets offered this job and says, you know, that Saturday's not going to be an influential person within the team is crazy. You're dumb to take this job. There's, there'll be 10 more jobs open next year. You take this job. They should just give it to Saturday because he's going to be hanging around. He's going to be in the owner's ear. He's going to mess up alignment. They should just give him the job. They should just let him have it. 
because it would be messy. <laughs> it would certainly be messy. It's going to be messy. It's got no chance but to be messy. So just give them the job. If that's what they want to do, they own the team. They, they can do anything they want to do. Like, that's what they want to do. Go ahead and do it. Because okay. it, it makes no sense. So why would I ar- argue logically with you when we're dealing in, in a logical world? It makes no sense. I, I can't win this case. This shouldn't even be in the court. This should be thrown out of court. He shouldn't even be a candidate. But because he's here, people are arguing back and forth like this guy. Oh, I, I after the first quarter, he led in five games. So I'm sure Lovey Smith led in 12. He got fired. Like, the it's ridiculous. Ta- the, the tag of Orlovsky's tweet is the best part where he says, not saying it's a no-brainer, but did some good stuff in a tough spot. Wait, you're not saying it's a no-brainer to hire Jeff Saturday as one of 32 NFL head coaches? Nuh-uh. Of course it's a no-brainer. Yep. It's, it's a no-brainer not to no hire him? For the prof- you have no respect for the profession. You have no respect for the profession. You don't realize how hard the job is. Look, every high school coach in America, if Jeff Saturday gets this job, should apply. Why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you? Over at Gorman, whoever the head high school coach is over there, he should apply. Why not? He's won championships. He's been around. I mean, it just to me, what's the sense of having apprenticeship with having paying your dues if this is what's going Oh, well, he played in the league. I don't give a darn if he played in the league. He doesn't know what it takes to be a head coach, but but this is what they want to do. And all I will say this, if a Colt fan, Elliot, pay close attention here. He's a Colt fan. You, you, you're never getting away from Saturday. Saturday's going to be on the phone with the owner every day. You might as well just go ahead and do it. Yeah, Monday through Sunday, not just Saturday. And if you're a high school coach nice that tag. actually had a winning if – you're, if you're a high school coach that had a winning record in high school, you should be really excited about your prospects because Jeff Saturday had a losing record as a high school coach. So – you That's would right. be in, in really you would be in pole position there. Now, the gentleman he replaced, Frank Reich, he has now just concluded his second interview for the Panthers head coaching job. So you have Kellen Moore, who completed an interview. What do you call him? The joystick uh for joystick. the head coaching Kellen job. Joystick, yeah. 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 Sean Payton, Steve Wilkes did two interviews, of course. Where does the Panthers job stand right now? I was told by somebody in the league this morning that I was having a long conversation with that that they felt like it was between Wilkes and Reich and that Reich was the leader in the clubhouse. How true that is, I don't know. I don't know that. But I will say this. I think the owner does want somebody with head coaching experience, and I think the owner does want somebody with offensive background. Is that going to be Frank Reich? Here's what I would say is Frank Reich couldn't solve the quarterback position in Indianapolis. It's the reason he's out there on the street. Why do you think he's going to solve it at your place? Right. They listened to two of his recommendations, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz. So, like you say, well, he knows the court. Yeah, he does. But Frank lost his fastball. Frank was a tough guy. He didn't stay a tough guy. So, for me, I think, you know, you do I think he did a good job? Up until this year, he did a good job. But if you're hiring him because you want to use his expertise in offensive football with the quarterback, you're not looking at what happened in the past. So Cardinals, they are concluding or getting a second interview done with Dan Quinn. Sean Payton was also expected to complete an interview with the Cardinals this week. What are you hearing about the Arizona Cardinals right now? I haven't heard too much. I mean, Brian Flores is going to go for an interview there, too. So I've heard that. You know, I I just think to me, the one thing that people keep saying, why are all these jobs, why are all these jobs taking so long? I don't think there's a candidate that has blown anybody away. I don't think there's a candidate that has just, and I don't think it's about waiting for the guys in the playoffs. Look, I think Jonathan Cannon and D'Amico Ryans are going to be the two finalists for the Houston job. I believe that. Now, maybe Sean Payton comes in out of the dark. I don't know. But I think that's the way that's going. But I don't know of any – Shane Strickland might be somebody that comes out. Maybe he's the guy that Indy's kind of holding on to to beat out to beat out uh, Saturday if they decide to go. I don't think that's true, nor would I think why would Shane take that job knowing that he's going to be in a good situation for future years. See, I think if you're Indy, with that with, – if you're Indy, if you're Indy, you're basically out there – and you, you're not a good job because Saturday's presence in your life. You're not a good job because you've got him in your life. And so 
if he's the you might as well make him the coach because he's going to be messing up your alignment no matter what. Also, Kafka second interview with the Texans. Avero, hopefully I'm saying his name correctly, the defensive coordinator there with the Broncos last year. He's interviewing with the Texans as well. Question for you about Peyton. Could Peyton just sit this cycle out and wait till next year? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Okay. I think that's very true. Until something exactly like his ideal job opens up. If it's not going to open up, it's not like he's strapped for cash and he's working for right. Fox. He's going to so. still do the Fox gig. So, you know, everybody thinks so. Now, everybody would say, well, that means he's going to wait for Dallas. I think it's interesting what's going on in Dallas. Five assistant coaches, Skip Pete, George Edwards, you know, uh, uh, Joe Philbin. Guys that have been with McCart- McCartney are gone. They've lost, they've lost some coaches. The, their contracts expired, but they didn't offer them new deals. Okay? So they're rearranging that coaching staff down there. But McCartney's doing the hiring. Do I, I think McCartney would like to see Brian Schottenheimer become the offense coordinator. That's what I hear. You know, I think he would love that. You know, on Monday, we showed you the tweets from the official Dallas Cowboys Twitter account, which were very yeah. odd and just odd. And then all of a sudden, Jerry canceled his weekly radio appearance. So some are leading, some say maybe there's some speculation that Jerry and Steven are sitting around kind of potentially thinking about moving on from McCarthy. I mean, if he was going to move on for McCarthy, you know, well, the thing is, I would say this. First of all, he can't move on to McCarthy, McCarthy and act quickly because he has to follow – the Rooney rules. So you right. can't do that. You can't hang on to McCartney and say, okay, you're fired. Here comes Sean Payton. Can't do that. So if he's going to fire McCartney, he should do it now because he needs to get involved. It isn't like, Sean, just wait for me. If that if that's happening behind the scenes, that's not going to comply with the Rooney rule or the intention of the Rooney rule. You just don't often see Jerry Jones pass up on an opportunity of an open mic, and that's what he did this week where he didn't go on his local radio show. And after the game, he looked crestfallen. Like, I thought he was going to cry when he was given his presser, Jerry Jones, after the game. It was a sad sight. Sad sight to see. Uh, A happy sight. Will Hill's going to join us. He's going to give you a couple plays for conference championship weekend. Get out in front of the number next. to the Lombardi line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, become a VSEN pro right now. $9.99. Doesn't get any better or cheaper. VSEN.com slash subscribe. Pro tools, pro picks, pro tips. You saw from the daily newsletter from Bill AD today. He gave you all the pro tips. We do that every single day. So make sure you check it out for VSEN pros exclusively. It's VSEN.com slash subscribe as we Welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Of course, Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. In pocket, out of pocket, it doesn't matter. He's William Hill. Will Hill joins us. And uh, his Lakers, Michael, his Lakers picked up a big win against that vaunted Spurs team last night. And now the Lakers are 23 and 26. You must be feeling good. Rui's a part of the team as well. Hi, Will. Is this where we're going? Is this, this this must mean football's over. I'm getting, you know, heat over (laughs) Lakers trades, giving up, you know, three second round picks. That, that must mean we're running out of football games here. Well, you gave up. I mean, I think it's amazing what you're able to do. I mean, you gave up, you gave up three second round picks for a guy who was a lottery pick. I don't know how you pull this off. And then you're working on programming. You got to handle that stuff. You got to handle that. You got to coach. You got to get the Viking. I mean, I don't know how you spend your day. It's amazing. I didn't want to do this, Patrick, but I was watching the Thunder the other night, and I, I, Isaiah Joe is leading the league, I think, in three-point uh-huh. shooting percentage. Like, where did this guy come from? He's pretty good. Wasn't he on the Sixers? The Sixers waved him in October. He was on a three-year, $6 million deal. He's perfect for the Sixers. So Lombardi's coming at me. He's got a lot of nerve letting this guy walk out the door. I, I, he's got a lot of explaining <laughs> to do. Well, I mean, I, I didn't guy. let him walk it's out. The, musk guy. I, I, I didn't let him walk out the door. I, I could explain that very clearly to you. His name is Glenn Doc Rivers, I hate playing young players. I don't play young players. So you can't, you can't, I mean, he was there. He wouldn't give many minutes. Like he's got the whole bench screwed up. I mean, he, that's who he is. You can't, he would, he wouldn't have played Maxi. You could have had Maxi probably for a song until everybody got hurt in that playoff game to playoff series two years ago. And then Maxi exploded. He wouldn't have played him either. He's never going to play young players. So he kills any 
you know, he's what Parcells always would tell me. He's a progress stopper. He stops all progress. Glenn Doc Rivers. Glenn Doc Rivers. You know you're being disrespectful when you use the Glenn. How about this, Michael? No, no reason to complain. You got a 137-133 win with your boy oh. Ben Simmons. And the, I was and the red hot nets in town yesterday. Go ahead. Up. I was hoping you, but did you watch that whole game? Did you watch the fourth quarter? Did <laughs> no, you see, unfortunately, did you see my I man didn't laboring watch. to get up no. and down the court in the fourth? Well, did you? He's minus six in the game. Did you see it? I mean, look, it was a hell of an effort. Simmons came out in the second half and actually competed, tried to get some. Now, he made two free throws in the game, which is remarkable. But look, they're playing well right now. I mean, they didn't have Kevin Durant, but big boy, if anybody watched that game, and thought Big Boy's in elite shape, I think you might want to watch it again. I don't know if you bet that game yesterday, Will. Nets, 76ers, but... It was, they were seven-and-a-half-point a... favorite. I yep, didn't, didn't cover. I will, I will say, I get the sense people are starting to you know, believe in the Sixers again. I've been down that road the last two years. I got good numbers before those trades. I'm not going down that road again. You guys can have the Sixers if they go to the finals, and, and I'm not a part of it. Look, you, you can. I'm, I'm just. I'm not going to be a part of it this year. I'm not. They're not, not going to the finals. They're not good. You don't have to worry about it. Well, I'll, everything will be taken care of. <laughs> All right, let's turn our attention to conference championship weekend. We mentioned both games, two and a half or shorter. It's funny. Will Cincinnati, Kansas city flip now Kansas city's lane one off the apparent good news. As Michael said in Tuesday's article, don't pay attention to the news coming out on Mahomes right now. Let's start with the early one though. And we'll start with the total. You do like the under uh, San Francisco Philly. I got it sitting 46 and a half right now. Yeah, it went up from 45 and a half to 46 and a half. I'm surprised. I think we're looking at like a 23-20 type of game. Both teams like to run the ball. Both teams are good at stopping the run. San Francisco plays at a very slow pace, only 61 or so plays per game, which is, you know, bottom third of the league. I think both teams could come out a little tight early with, with this, you know, the, the NFC championship on the line. It's funny when you have two teams in the NFC championship game and you look back, neither team has really played or beaten a good team. I mean, San Francisco did play Kansas City, but neither team had a really, uh, you know, challenging schedule. So each team, uh, this is probably the best defense the respective offenses have played. Uh, I think we're looking at a lower scoring game. McCaffrey's a little banged up. That helps your under. To me, this is 23-20 somebody. This is a hell of a game. These are probably the two best, you know, man-for-man rosters in the league. This is a, a fun matchup, an evenly, you know, balanced matchup. I, I think we get a lower scoring game here. I like the under. You know, I, I only thing I would counter with that, Will, is I think it's Philly's going to be the, the, the team that has to play from behind in this game will be the team that loses. I think Philly could overcome playing from behind. It's going to be harder, especially with Lane Johnson's injury, if he's got to pass protect quite a bit in a drop-back game. Both these teams don't want to run drop-back passes. They're all play-action pass offenses. And I think, this, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do what they try to do to Tennessee, which is come out throw it. They're going to try to come out and throw the football and try to attack the secondary. They're not going to try to establish that run. I think they're going to try to get the lead and make Brock Purdy participate in the game. That, to me, is going to be the goal. I think the first quarter is going to be as important as any quarter of the game. Not to the level that Dan Orlesowski thinks that Jeff Saturday's performance in the first quarter was that good, but I think it's going to be really important. <laughs> that pronunciation of the last name was an all-timer. I'll just leave it at that. How about the Chiefs? Team total, you're going to go under 23 and a half here. I mean, I played this earlier in the week. I gave this out earlier in the week. I have to admit, I'm uh, cautiously, you know, I'm, I'm pessimistic. I'm actually thinking about buying out of this. I based this on the fact, listening to Romo at the end of Bill's Bengals, it was kind of a throwaway segment, but I thought he, he made some interesting points because he said he had had an, a high ankle sprain, and he said the easiest day to play is the day you get it. And the days after, it's really hard to walk. It's hard to run. He he was kind of skeptical that Mahomes could play well in the in, in this coming week. So I kind of piggyback those thoughts. You know, it's the right foot. So that's the foot where you, you plant, you drive, you push off. I thought, you know, Mahomes, he'll go out there. He's got the arm strength. He's got the off-balance throws, the different arm angles. He'll make some plays. But I was skeptical he could play well. Seeing him run yesterday in practice, seeing him, you know, get off the podium, that Gives me some pause. So it's only a lean now to the under. I, you know, 
to be honest, who the hell knows when it comes to this ankle? I, look, I, I bet on sports. I'm not a doctor. So uh, what's the line in the Sopranos, Lombardi? You know, stick yeah. to what you know and leave you know, your who opinions Who the hell knows forever. about backs? You know, right. uh, the Jonas right. Salk of backs, you know. But then again, who knows? You know, that's what Paulie says. Uh, I'm with you. Look, I, I think it's – it's. I saw him move around. I was with Romo. I was thinking there's no way that I watch him run around. And then I went back and watched the game against the Raiders in week two of the 19th season. He didn't look like he had any – probably had it taped up but it didn't look like it hurt him. I mean, I'm just assuming he's going to be healthy. And then, like I've said earlier, I think you have to throw out the championship game last year because I think in that championship game, he got concussed or was banged up because his fourth quarter and overtime was the worst that he's ever played in his career. And, you know, when do the Chiefs get the ball first and go with the five and he doesn't make a play to win the game? That's rare. So I think you got to handicap it that way. I think he'll play to the level that he can play. Now, if in the game and he can't run around, because the one thing I will say, this Bengal team, these two edges, whether it's Hubbard or, or, or Hendrickson, they give problems to the Chiefs tackles. And they really, even when they rush three, the play they got the sack on that Joe Thune had to cut, jump on the ball uh, in, the, in the championship game last year before the kick, I mean, they only rushed three on that play and got pressure. We were just showing the Patrick Mahomes running around at practice from yesterday. Will, you just brought it up. What would be promising if I'm a Chiefs fan, fellas, was him getting off the podium because that podium's kind of an awkward step, and he just kind of seamlessly – I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you guys noticed the same thing, but him kind of stepping down from the podium, to me, was a bigger indication than running in a straight line at practice. No hitch in his giddy-up. He just uh, – and look, I mean, we sound crazy right now breaking this down, but you can't ignore it. I mean, this is the game. This is – you can't analyze the game with having some, without having some sort of opinion of, you know, uh, how Mahomes is going to be. What I find interesting is what the Bengals' plan will be on defense because remember the second half last year, they would rush three, they would drop eight, they'd make, you know, Kansas City just get bored with the run and they t- took away the big plays. With Mahomes banged up, are they going to be more inclined to bring pressure here? That's something that's, uh, you know, going to be fascinating to watch. I think anytime they brought pressure, Will, last year and this year, even this year when they brought pressure, Scantling makes a deep ball catch against them. You know, on third and f- third and 12, they, they bring pressure. He wins one-on-one. Every time they bring pressure, they lose. They, they don't cover very well. The, the Chiefs find a way. Mahomes throws it to the right guy. I think they're going to play the patient game that they always play. They're going to play their cover two shell. They're going to try to get him to run the ball, call more runs, and get it to third down and then try to take away Kelsey in the third down and hopefully get a tip ball here, play great in the red zone. I mean, when you watch the games, you watch all three games, the Chiefs, they never really control the game. They get stops. They don't control the game. I'm laughing because it was a great job back at Circa with the production. While Will was talking, we had an endless loop of literally just Mahomes stepping off the podium. And you have to laugh, fellas, because this is the life we chose. We're literally talking about a grown man stepping off. It matters. Off. I mean, it, it does. I mean, look, we're, we're going to know in the first quarter if he if they, if Hendrickson beats Orlando Brown around the corner and Mahomes has got to run and he can't really accelerate, that'll tell you a lot in game betting. Yeah, one more thing before we go. Yeah, go ahead. I I was just going to say, I think the Bengals' offensive line issues were probably over-discussed last week. I think it might be a little under-discussed this week. No snow to help uh, them in in the uh, the pass rush here on the road could be an issue. I agree. More more picks from Will Hill, including a Jalen Hurts rush prop for VEASAN pros. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm going to save those. Good job, Will Hill, Mr. Laker. Have a good Thursday, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Okay, we're coming back. Michael's writing spotlight next here at Lombardi Line. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. to the Lombardi line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Attention BetMGM customers. If you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message. So once you do send that message, they sign up, you get 50 bucks, they get 50 bucks. It's that simple. It's a tremendous friendship. Uh, BetMGM, of course, BetMGM.com, or download the newly reconfigured app. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. As we welcome you back here, we've got, of course, a ton to come. No way, no doubt. Coming up in about 14 minutes, we've got Mike Samich and Mike Palm in his customary Thursday spot. It's time to get to... Michael Lombardi's spotlight as far as what he wrote for VEASAN. Remember, if you're a VEASAN pro, you can check those out over at VEASAN.com. And we're going to start here. The pitfalls of making assumptions when it's a hand, when you're a handicapper. I don't know the gentleman that you're referencing. Maybe you can help us out with that as well. Uh, me? I made assumptions. I mean, I've, every time I've I, – I, look, I think the only way you learn in any profession, I say this all the time to scouts, you know, like don't tell me the five guys you found. Tell me the five guys you made a mistake on. They're the only ones you're going to learn from. And this year, as I go through all my weeks of handicapping, when I've assumed something to be true that wasn't true, when I assumed something would happen that wasn't factual, I, I'll make a mistake. And I assumed that, you know, it was going to be bad weather – in, in in Buffalo when Tua went up there, it wasn't. We assumed it was going to be uh, bad weather, uh, nice weather in Buffalo this weekend when we had Brian Baby on, when we had him on. Was it? You know, and so that affects your handicap. So what I try to, to say is, look, don't assume he's hurt. Now, a lot of people think he is, and maybe he's got a brace, he'll take a shot. I don't know. But if you're handicapped and saying he's going to play at a C-minus level, I think you're going to make a really big mistake. In the pitfalls of assumptions, Michael, you referenced a gentleman named Jeffrey Yass. Is that how you correct pronounce yeah. his name? Jeffrey Yass is a, yeah, he is, he is a, it's an interesting story and he fits right into the Visa network too, because he was a, he was a student at Binghamton College. He graduated, but he made his living playing poker and he amassed a fortune playing poker. He's a world-class poker player who then he opened up Susquehanna, uh, a trading group, which is a billion-dollar company now, and he's worth billions. And so, and he based a lot of his trading decisions on companies and trade equities on what he learned making decisions in poker. And so he has this great quote that I love is when, don't think you have a winning plan all the time. Th try to re reverse the plan. Think you have a negative plan and work backwards. So don't assume that Mahomes is healthy and you're going to win because un is unhealthy and you're going to win. Work backwards. Say Mahomes is healthy. Can the Bengals win? And that leads us to point number two, where you discuss in your article here over at VEASAN.com, there is a precedent for Mahomes' ankle injury. And it actually, ironically, 
was against the Jags in 2019 in the season opener. Mahomes sprained his ankle, as you mentioned, worse than he did on Saturday afternoon. And then Mahomes played in week two against the Raiders and threw for 443 yards. So that's what Lou Amarillo has to look forward to. I mean, and and I don't think Lou's even paying attention to the injury. I don't think I, I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't even let the team talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. Like He's healthy. Just go on about it. Go on about your life. He's healthy. Don't even worry about it. The reality of it is is that, look, we the only way we're going to win is we're going to have to play our best game of the season. We were fortunate to win 27-24 when we played them in Cincinnati. Kelsey turned that ball over on a pass. They stripped it out. That helped a great deal. There was that third and eight in the game with six minutes to go in the game. The Chiefs are driving down the field. Mahomes starts to move around, 58 tackles him from behind. Now they've got a punt. They never see the ball again. Only had eight possessions in the game. One of the things that really helps when playing the Chiefs is what Cincinnati's been able to do is limit possessions. I think what Will Hill said at the end of his segment there is true. I think this is a harder game for this offensive line now than it was in Buffalo with the field. Now, I know the field worked both ways for Buffalo and Cincinnati, but Chris Jones can be a problem for them inside, especially against you know the guards that they have. Clark can be a problem on the edge. I mean, they can rush. The problem for the Chiefs are is in the game is they have a hard time blocking Hubbard and Hendrickson. Their tackles don't play well. Their guards don't play well against the inside people of the Bengals. The Bengals win have won three games because of their front, because of their ability to rush with their four guys. And frankly, they get more pressure sometimes when they rush three. And then finally, Michael, Eagles 49ers, you mentioned the strength-on-strength component of this matchup. Both teams have dominating defensive fronts. Both teams love to play from in front, and both rely on their run game to help their play-action passing game. That's the Eagles 49ers. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, look, I, I don't care what anybody – the 49ers offensive line is not a drop-back pass offensive line. They are a play-action pass line. That's where they gain an advantage. And if they have to drop back and pass, they will struggle in this game mightily. They will struggle mightily in this game. And that's why I believe Philadelphia – Everything that Philly wants to do is going to be game plan for the first half. We've got to get the lead. Philly is so good at getting the lead. So is San Francisco. This is going to be a race to see whose game plan is going to work out quickly. And then let the game settle down. No team can stay dis- – both teams need to stay attached. And it's going to be really hard for that, especially if San Francisco can't get that run game going on first and second down. Look, at some point, Purdy's going to have to play in a game. Now, you say, well, he's played in all the games. No, he really hasn't. He, they've never been behind. They don't get behind. Yeah, he was behind against Seattle, but they weren't, they weren't detached. There's a difference between being behind and being detached. When you're detached, you're down 14 to nothing in the third quarter, or you're down by 14 in the third. Now you're detached. Every possession matters. And when you do what Josh Allen did, third and two, and throw a nine route, when you don't complete it and you got to punt it back, that's when you mess up. And so – what I think's got to happen is they got to stay attacked. I think the Eagles are going to try to make them have to play from behind. And if that happens, that makes the Eagles' strength, their defensive front, really go against the weakest area of San Francisco's offense, which is their drop-back pass protection game. When writing about the Eagles 49ers, Michael, you also said the second component, and this is for in-game betters, will involve the coaching chess match and the in-game adjustments each team will need to install. Sirianni Shanahan, what are you specifically referring to there? Well, I think what's going to happen is I think Jonathan Gannon knows that Shanahan, and probably Mike to a degree, like let's not count out Mike, one of the great coaches of the National Football League, should be in the Hall of Fame. Mike's still sharp. Mike still watches tape. Mike's Kyle's best friend. Like Mike's going to have, Mike's going to suggest some things to Kyle that might work because Mike has such a great history of the game and understanding the game. That experience matters in these kind of games. So I think what 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 you got to be able to do is figure out a way to play the game a little differently in the first half. I think Jonathan Gannon will play it differently in the first half. I think Jonathan Gannon will take a different approach. I think he'll try to change his front, change his looks, to try to make Kyle uncomfortable, what Dan Quinn tried to do. You know, because if you let Kyle know what you're doing and you gave him six days to prepare for it, you're in trouble. So you've got to try to do something a little differently along the way. And then he'll adjust to it. Then you've got to do something a little different after he adjusts. So that's the chess match that's going to go on. You know, whereas Philadelphia, you know, they don't have to worry about D'Amico Ryan's changing what he does. They don't do that. They play what they play. 
and they basically say, here we are. Now, I think Philly's approach is going to be, look, we got why should we try to run this ball against them? Let's throw it to run it. Let's get the lead. The lead's more important than establishing the run. So those are just a few takeaways. You can check out the full article over at vcin.com. Michael's NFL's Conference Championship Weekend Preview, a tremendous article. Make sure you check that. You know, it's funny. I was looking, I think it was CBS today. They were talking about the four teams in the Conference Championships being lumped together as far as odds. Well, how about this? Since November 1st, these four teams with their starting quarterbacks are 35-2. and Since November 1st, Burroughs 10-0. Purdy seven and zero, Mahomes is ten and one, and Hertz is eight and one. This is remarkable. And like I mentioned, yeah. the team that's won twelve straight, the 49ers, they're your fourth betting favorite at plus three thirty to win a championship. So you want to call it parity? It's just four very good teams. Yeah, they really are, and that we're lucky. We're the beneficiaries of it. I mean, one versus two, and and one versus three. And we're going to really, uh, hopefully we're going to see it. And the, the chess match within each game is going to be delightful to watch. It's going to be how they adjust, what the adjustments to the adjustments are, how the personnel matchups, what the coaches thought was going to happen early. I think Philly comes out fire, and I think San Francisco wants to slow the game down and control the pace of the game. I think Cincinnati likes when they play from in front. I think it helps Lou. And then I think Cincinnati's going to really try with all their power to say, Andy, run it. Run it, Andy. Run it. We're going to play cover two. See if you will be patient enough in this run game. And then when they get down the red area, hopefully they can make a couple plays. Do you give us a distinct coaching advantage in either game? If Obviously, you take a look at San Francisco and Philly at Shanahan, Sirianni, and then uh, your boy Zach Taylor and Andy Reid. Is there a distinct well, a coaching advantage? I think it's going to – yeah, I think Andy does. I think it's even in Philly. But here's what I would say. If Zach Taylor – will run the ball and get Steve Spagnuolo out of playing cover two, then I think that gives him the best chance to win the game. Very interesting. Okay, check out that article at vcin.com when we come back. No way, no doubt. Next here at Lombardi Line. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.